and welcome to episode 66 of the Worldwide Chelsea Pod. Um, obviously, end of the Euros. It came. It didn't come home for England, but I, I did come home. I spent my whole weekend um, moving back to Essex, so that's why we haven't had a pod uh, on yet, and we've missed a week. But we are back, and I'm um, welcoming a special guest, um, returning guest, Jamie Gray from the Blowing Boot Bubbles podcast. How are you, friend? I'm good, mate. Congratulations on finishing uni, by the way. Really good news. Well done. Thank you, thank you. Obviously, I've still got to do a little bit of dissertation uh, to resubmit, but after that, I'm all done. Great, mate. Well, well, I was going to say you had a good weekend outside of the football, probably. The football probably ruined it. Yes, yeah. I mean, you, you're getting on to exactly our first point. Obviously, we will talk a little bit about the Euros, uh, and then we'll get on to some Chelsea and West Ham stuff um, right at the end. But, Jamie, where, where did you watch the historic night i was down my local pub that you all know uh, i was danny in on the grain um ah. watched it down there and i'll be honest like i was out all day um and i thought i was going to be wasted by a kickoff but i weren't because everyone was so nervous that the drinks started to calm down and we got to kick off and i've never seen a pub full of people be so like full of nerves like it weren't quiet because everyone was obviously really up for it, but you could tell how big this was. Like it was the biggest football game I'd argue for all of us ever. And when we went one nil up early, I'd argue it's probably my favourite ever celebration. I thought I was going to get killed. I ended up laying on a sofa with two of my friends just cuddling. It was a crazy game, but it sad the way it ended. Where did you watch it? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I decided to move home that day. So I was moving all my stuff back in the morning, unpacked in the afternoon. And then I got, obviously, Stephen, Joe, Tom round here and we watched it on the big new TV. So that was interesting. Like you, I'd, I'd probably say it was one of my favourite celebrations. I'd probably say the Champions League final this year was oh, very good as well. You had to plug but... the Champions League final, didn't you? I, 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 I might plug it just a couple of times still reveling over it a little bit um but yeah i mean it, it was fantastic i did i did instantly say to tom that is this too early and i think we did prove it did prove to be one of the big problems of the game but yeah jamie tell me tell me what was your full-time thoughts so do you mean before extra time or just now the game's over now the game's over uh I thought we sat back too much. I thought once we went 1-0 up, first half we were very, very good. Second half, it was just a matter of when they were going to score, not if they were going to score. I've been a critic. I've criticised um, Southgate before and I've had to eat humble pie recently, but I think he got a lot of stuff wrong in this game. Not the formation in terms of, I think he got the formation correct, but I don't think he used the personnel correctly. And I'm on a Chelsea pod. I thought Mason Mount was horrific. I thought he was terrible. He was, for me, our weakest player on the night. And that might not just be because it was him, but I also thought he was playing in a position that didn't really suit him on the night. I thought someone like Saka would have been better suited playing just that position with the formation we had. I would have dragged him off after 60 minutes and brought on Grealish then. 
I thought we stayed on too long. Um, I thought Declan Rice, when he came off, was the wrong player to come off because he was our best player on the night, in my opinion. God, I'm making myself sound really like... <laughs> come on, a Chelsea player. I've slept <laughs> off a Chelsea player and I've loved a West Ham player. But that's just... But once again, I don't think we deserve to lose. Like, but no way. I didn't think we were terrible. I thought Jordan Pickford was incredible. Like, that save just before we scored, if that goes out for a corner, that's incredible. He's so unlucky that it hits the post. Just, it's a frustrating evening. I think a few tactical things uh, Southgate got wrong with subs. Does it change the game? We all never know. In terms of the penalties, he's put his hands up and he said, that was my choice. That was the order I wanted. But who who knows if Grealish or Sterling or Luke Shaw would have scored? We don't know that. So, yeah. I'm sorry for slagging off Mason Mount. I just thought he was very poor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not. I'm not gonna disagree. I, I do think he he didn't have his best game. I, I don't think in during the whole tournament. I don't think he had his best tournament. I do think of the whole COVID isolation. I know he didn't. He wasn't tested positive or anything. But even just going out of that rhythm for ten days, I don't. I he definitely never. The two games he played after didn't really look like he was fully at it if you got what I mean. So I feel yeah. that was kind of a bit of a reason to find it. In terms of the position, it was weird because under Tuchel, that's the position he's kind of played. But I think obviously with the way Southgate uses it and the way Tuchel uses it, it's a bit of a different way. And I think, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think it was fully his fault. But yeah, I would say he was probably one of the worst players on the pitch that night um, mm-hmm. alongside probably like a Carl Walker again because I just going to put my Chelsea bite. I still do not understand why Rhys James has not got a si- uh, uh, single game because as good as Carl Walker is in defence and when he, especially when we play the back three that's fair enough him slotting into that right centre back is fair enough but in the in the attacking sense and that's why I think we've struggled predominantly mm. the crossing and the attacking output is just so poor and I'd just rather see a Rhys James who even in the Scotland game we didn't play well but Rhys James was pretty good with his crossing and that was that was probably one of the only parts where we were actually getting some good play in the Scotland game but I, I just didn't I didn't really understand why he didn't play more and obviously the Chilwell thing again I, at the first start I was kind of confused but Luke Shaw completely redeemed the redeemed yeah, Luke that, Shaw so. was fantastic yeah so I, I, I understand the, that at the end but yeah I think the point <laughs> I said on my pod was both of these teams have got to the final were have got a lot more attacking depth than they have defensive like, if you look at it, like, they're bringing on Emerson as their second-choice left-back. Um, like, the depth in, for these teams is in the attacking positions. So, it was like, both these teams set up with a solid base. And hit their, both managers' logic was, I need to reinforce the defence more because that's where we're less strong. So, it was like, I back my attacking players to do something if I can get the defence stri- good. And I think that's why he maybe went Carl Walker over Reese James in terms of maybe just defensively he thought he was more reliable. Not saying I would agree with it. That's just what I was going to put it out there as. Yeah, I mean, I understand that. But I think, where you, again, you had that defensive aspect where he was quite strong. But I don't know. I just felt it was just sometimes it was just a bit of a wasted position. Like sometimes, don't get me wrong, sometimes he'd put in a good cross. It just seems mm. so inconsistent. It's just like... You just want that extra. I, I, I don't know. It it just it just frustrated me a little bit. But I mean that that wasn't really why we lost the league. I think for me, it the the game proved 
the difference between an average manager and a good manager. The the part that kind of struck me was Mancini made that change and I can't remember who he actually brought on, but he put Chiesa in that from the right wing onto into that kind of Roman false knife. I think he, I think he took a Mobile off. Yeah, he took a Mobile off for Barella, weren't it? Yeah, and then he kind of mixed it up and Chiesa was kind of in that Roman role. And that, England didn't really know how to deal with it. And even when Southgate tried to deal with it, I just thought every single sub was just strange. I mean, bringing on Saka, I kind of, I understood that he's had good form, but he didn't he didn't look at it at all. I didn't think it was the right sub to try and change what Italy were doing. Um, then he brought Henderson on, which, again, I think Henderson's been pretty poor all tournament. Uh, didn't he's understand. not really played, has he? Just... Yeah, he's, he's injured. That's the problem. I think the Maguire thing, I understand why he's taken him. And when Maguire's come back, he's looked good. But I remember... Speaking I think about it was the... players, how good's Maguire been? I will not have anyone say another bad word about Maguire. I think that man is incredible. I think he's... I... He, he, at Man United, he suffers with the fact that he hasn't got a partner next to him. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with you on that one. But, um, yeah, he's not a bad player. I think he's a good player, but it's one of the things you've got to... You've got to have defense, good defensive partnerships, and Man United don't have that. That's the problem with Maguire. But going to the Henderson thing, like, I think it was the Czech Republic game. We came on at half-time, and we lost control of the whole game. I remember and it was just it was frustrating to see him come on. I don't think he's played well the entire tournament, and that's why I didn't understand why. He'd taken off Rice, for one, put on Henderson, and then you take Henderson off, who Henderson has taken penalties for Liverpool, and yeah, put on but his, other players. His penalties for England have been bad. <laughs> um, yeah, but but, I know, I know I your mean, point. And then you pick, and then obviously you bring on Grealish, which is fair enough. But you bring him on twenty minutes too late. Yeah, hundred percent with you there. Again, I think is another. There's something that Grealish has done that Southgate don't like, because not picking him for the penalty as well. When we now found out that obviously Grealish come out and said he wanted to take one of the five penalties and. Southgate said no that kind of just it bewilders me and then obviously you bring on Sancho and Rashford on to take the penalties which is fair enough Rashford's taken penalties Sancho's taken penalties before that's fair enough but why bring him on with a minute to go because you 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 want your penalty takers to have at least a feel for the game uh it's really weird because I feel like all penalty ta- all people to come on for a penalty shootout kind of come on that time don't they so it was just one of them games like you, you could you could feel that it there wasn't a goal coming it was going to come yeah. to a penalty shoot so at least give them five ten minutes not a minute mm-hmm. yeah exactly. i don't disagree and then again i, I don't really didn't really agree with the whole you've got henderson on now i thought you're going to take someone off i, I would have taken even carl walker coming off calvin phillips I, like i i would have thought carl walker would have been a better penalty taker than saka yeah. Not, not. I'm not gonna, because I mean, he's fair play. Nineteen year old coming stepping, stepping up for a penalty. It's fair oh, play. Yeah. But I just don't think he should have. One, he shouldn't have taken the fifth penalty. And two, I, I don't know. I just think there's so many. There were so many better players. And I, again, down to Southgate. I think my issue is people are trying to defend Southgate, saying he's got to the semi final and the final. But my issue is I think the players have done well individually. <sighs> We, Southgate's done okay, but 
when it, when it gets to the final and you need more than just a good set of players and you need the whole the whole thing coming together i just didn't think it came together i think he got it wrong in the final but he made enough good decisions like i think he got it right against germany i think against denmark he done quite well but i think the final will be a massive thing that will be above him like i don't I don't think there's a better guy out there, though. And I used to think that he should be sacked. Like, right now, I'm not sure who is better than him to take this team forward because it's not just the tactical stuff. I think he's created a culture around this England team that a lot of people can support. Like, everyone used to hate watching England teams play. And I feel like that's changed now. And I think that's because he's created a team. Like, before, it was always talked about how teams didn't get along like they saw Liverpool players and Chelsea players didn't get along and that's totally different now and I think Southgate's kind of the key to that yeah I mean I'd agree with you in the aspect of in terms of a replacement who is there to get in terms of who I, realistically the FA are going to pick because obviously the FA are not going to go outside of an England manager they're not going to pick they're not going to pick someone that's a bit fiery and will challenge their deficiencies. I think the reason why Southgate has the job is because he's a bit of a yes man and won't go against what the FA want him to do. So I think that's looking at that, I, I don't think there's an option really better, which speaks for itself in terms of English managers at the moment that Gareth Southgate is looking like the best out of the bunch. I'm, I feel like you're being a little harsh because I used to hate him. Like, there's this clip, my mate used a clip against me where I said, I think he's a fraud. I used to think this, but he's won me over now. He's won me over. I can't lie. I think this man is the right man to take us forward for now. In the future, there might be someone better. I'd like Steven Gerrard in the future to be our manager. I think he's the best English manager that's probably out there. Just, I don't think he's the right man yet, and I'm not sure he'd even take the job. One more tournament is the key. Like, if if he can get us a World Cup win in 2022, he's the best English manager of all time. I don't know if you disagree with me there, but that's what I think. Yeah, I mean, if obviously if he wins the tour, if he wins the World Cup in 2022, obviously he is going to. You can't disagree with it. He's statistically the best. He will statistically be the best England manager of all time. Um, obviously, equals Alf Ramsey um, in terms of amount of trophies. Um, and yeah, but my worry is, what if we just if we're always that team that is nearly there. And we never reach that full potential. And oh, I, yeah. I worry if it's again a manager. Like, kind this kind of situation for me reminds me a little bit of uh, the Belgium team, where they've got a very good team, a very good set of players that should have won a world. Yeah, I remember. So that in the time of their of their golden generation, they've had Mark Wilmot and Roberto Martinez, who have both been pretty, pretty poor managers. I just worry that that could happen again I, I think there are just things Southgate needs to change for me to be fully on board for example Jack Grealish 
needs to be in this team playing. I, I just don't, I still, I, I get that we've got wins about Jack Grealish starting, but I just don't get how he doesn't start. The me. question I would have then for you is, who would you have as manager? In a perfect world, would you say? Or yeah. realistically, of what Go the both. FA would choose? Give me both. Uh, so realistically, in terms of what the FA, that is the problem. I don't think there is many out there that the FA would choose. Um, possibly, yeah, again, down the line, maybe a Steven Gerrard or depending on how he bounces back a Frank Lampard. But then again, that would be five, six years down the line. Um, right now, I do. I, I, I will be honest, I don't think there's anyone the FA would choose. Outside of the FA scope, and this will be going completely left wing and very football hipster. I think Ralph Ragnick, obviously I know he's just got a job oh, in Russia, wow. but he's, he's someone that I think, again, he'll, he'll carry on this kind of culture that um, Gareth Southgate's kind of created. He's got that kind of good attacking football. He obviously, he's breeded these managers. He, he's the, He's the sole creator of managers like Jurgen Klopp, Thomas Tuchel. Mm-hmm. This whole pressing game. I think we could, if we don't, my my massive worry about England as well, the whole idea when we press, we don't press as a team. But if we can get, a, uh, this team can press as a team. They do it under Pep Guardiola. They do it under Thomas Tuchel. They do it under other managers. I think if we can get someone like that, I feel he could, he could just be he could get the best out of these players completely but i know it's going to be an option that the fa would never dare to do because he would change a lot of things that the fa do and the fa wouldn't like it mm, i i i think rough Ragnick's great but i just don't think they bring in a a german I yeah that, 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 that would be the whole issue fabio capello stuff i can't see it I, I see. I like Graham Potter, but I don't think they'll ever bring him in. He probably needs more time with the players than what he'd get. Oh, it's tough. Right I mean, now, though, you, I you think could this... argue a little bit an Eddie Howe, but obviously, I, I, no. I don't. I think. I think the problem is, I think a lot of people look at the how Bournemouth ended. Mate. I do think it was it was a bit of his fault, but I also think it was a lot going on behind the scenes as well. If we got rid of Gareth Southgate for Eddie Howe, I would be livid. I genuinely would be livid. I think that would be not a sideways move, but a backwards move. I think Southgate's a much better coach. Personally, like, I don't think Eddie Howe would... Eddie Howe's too naive for me. I think he'd try and be... play too much good football. Yes, we have got a lot of good attacking players, but... We've got a lot of players with pace, and that's where Southgate's done so well that he's gone and played into there. That's what he does well. But, yeah, I'm, I, personally, I don't think Eddie Howe would be the right guy. Right now, I don't think there is a clear and obvious better person to coach. Yeah, definitely. I mean, in, again, within, as I said, within the whole FA scope of what they would choose, I think there is no one really. And that is, again, as I said, the problem at the moment we face but we'll have to wait and see obviously we've got the qualifiers coming up for the world cup so if we can perform in that keep our consistency and run into the next tournament i think we've got a good chance because 
realistically, I look outside outside of the European teams that we're already playing. It's only really Brazil, Brazil and, Argentina. and Argentina that get added that I'm really worried about. I think teams like Uruguay and Chile have kind of yeah. dropped down in recent years. They're not too much of a threat anymore. I think the US team could be, if they get through, could be a little bit of a handle just because they have got some young players coming through. But I think, again, the World Cup may be a step early for them. But apart from that, I'm not really too worried about any other teams. So you could argue, again, one of the favourites for the World Cup, but we'll have to wait and see how it goes in 18 months. Um, I think mm. the whole Qatar thing will it'll be who settles down with the conditions the best. That'll be yeah. the difference. It's, the, it's going to be a different World Cup to anyone ever is expected. So we can't really tell, know what to expect. Yeah, yeah, I think it'll be it'll be an interesting one. That, that that'll be to say the least, especially with how certain players react to it during the halfway through the season. Um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be one in a lifetime look at to how see this how this goes. I think it could either work out really well or it's gonna be a really crap tournament. And yeah, I hope it's not the second one. Yeah, I, I'm confident we'll do all right at the World Cup personally. Yeah, I don't want any more heartbreaks. I think I've done, I'm done with heartbreaks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to lose the way that we lose, uh, lost the Euros final. If that happened, then I'd give up. Just give up. Yeah, and I mean, one more topic we go, we'll go on before we move on to the whole club aspect of it. Um, the reaction from the England fans after the game, obviously there was a lot of typical social media where... Saka, Rashford were, and Sancho were racially abused across all forms of social media. Obviously, you had the Rashford mural that was vandalised and said some pretty horrible things. Mm. You had the... Before the game, you had the idiots that tried to get into the game before <laughs> uh, and run into the stadium. And then you had, after the game, where you had fights breaking out, English fans beating up the Italian fans and other ethnic minority fans um what was your reaction to all that that we're not going to get the world cup in 2030 now <laughs> um it probably as that is actually going to stop us because obviously it's in the public knowledge what's all happened i think it's going to be a massive hindrance for us i think it's an absolute disgrace personally as i said to my friends down the pub um if you're if you see those three players miss a penalty in the first thing you think of is they're all black what the fuck are you thinking excuse my language like right. you're not thinking about they're good players that you're sorry for them it's that person is this color that's why they missed and what the hell's wrong with you those people with those three like have inspired a whole generation like they suck up He's 19 years of age, stepping up to do something that I'd argue 99% of all adults wouldn't ever dream of trying to do because they haven't got the balls to do it. Sancho is, uh, Sancho is a young lad who has helped communities himself. And then Rashford is self-explanatory. What that guy's done is he's an absolute gent to the world. And yet that's all people can talk about. It's horrible. Like, 
if that's all you can think about in terms of when they miss a penalty, then I've got no sympathy for you in terms of... It, it, I, I can't even put it into words because I can't... Um, I myself can't imagine saying the stuff that has been said. Like, why are you thinking these things about these these children and these like young adults? That yeah, it, you think it's correct because if they scored the penalties, I guarantee you, you wouldn't be saying these words. Or when Saka was playing incredible against I don't know Czech Republic, you weren't saying it. It's it's horrible, personally. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of how I, when when they they all missed the penalty, it didn't even come into my mind that all three players were black, and I didn't even I I didn't like cause I, that, that's the type of person I am. I don't see oh it's a black player taking a penalty, it's a English player taking a penalty. Yeah. Me, I don't color doesn't even come into my mind when it happens. It was only after when um, I think I think there was the BBC commentary mentioned the possibility of it happening and then it clicked to me it was like oh crap it's that is it's definitely going to kick off and then i looked on social media and it had already happened i just looked and was like oh my god this is going to be terrible and then you saw all the scenes after it's like these these people like oh i I agree with you we're not we're not i don't i think it's not even going to just stop the 25 this could stop us ever getting a tournament in this country yep and even for the Euros, obviously, they've got this aspect where they're doing it all across Europe. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't. Obviously, this, this year, it was majority of it was in the UK. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's just completely in Europe now and nothing gets played in the UK. Because we can't, we can't trust us as fans anymore. I think the other thing as well is these people were saying these about uh, these black lads, yet forgetting... Raheem Sterling, who is of African origin, is England's best player this tournament. And I bet they weren't saying stuff about him when he carried up. Well, not carried us, but was a big reason in why we reached the final. Like, you take away, you take away that coloured man and you wouldn't even get this close. I think people are just so narrow-minded got so narrow-minded that if it was a white person, they wouldn't have said this. They wouldn't. Like you wouldn't get anywhere near enough abuse towards a Harry Kane or Harry Maguire if they missed their pen. So, what makes it right to say it to Marcus Rashford, Jaden Sancho, Bakayo Saka? Yeah, definitely. I think it's just it's so horrible. I think social media needs to do so much more. Um, I do think they hide away from it big time. Um, IDs on your account have to happen. It's ridiculous that so many people say this and yet it still don't happen. Yeah, I mean, I understand, like, you don't... I understand where they go in terms of you don't want loads of people's IDs being on server and being stolen for fraud and identity, etc. But it doesn't even need to be a big whole, like, passport, driving license, everything. It can just be something as simple as... So it's identified so they know... If you do anything wrong, they know exactly where to find you. It's it, it doesn't have to be some form of photo ID where it's like completely finding out everything and causing problems with fraud. It just needs to be something where they can track the account and find where you are. Um, and I, I think the problem I, I I heard I think it was on one of the news channels saying that 
someone was sticking up for him saying oh it's a society issue so they shouldn't be they shouldn't be feeling guilty about it but it's like yeah but you're not stopping it if you stop yeah. it on social media because the problem is yes some of these people probably do think it but most of them are too pussy to do it in real life obviously you get yeah. the small minority obviously in the stadiums that are kicking off um but the vast amount of people do it on social media i guarantee it's because they know they're hidden if they do it and yeah. they wouldn't do it they might think it in real life but they would never really do it so if you stop it on social media that's it, then you can ha- you can have your, your hands are clean but these are social media giants you i've done it before i've seen racist abuse i've reported it on twitter and nothing gets done they don't even if if, if i'm lucky they report the account but then this person probably makes another account the next day yeah or the next um, yeah, I'm totally with you. Annoyingly, I, can't, I just can't see it happening for years to come, sadly, because, as you said, they don't want to help stop this happen. The problem is so many children are on social media these days that they're going to see this racist stuff and think it's correct. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, the one that kind of fits to me is the one with Ian Wright on Instagram where the kid eventually got done for it. But that needs to happen mm more i think and it's not so it's not so prevalent on places like facebook and to a point instagram because again some accounts are a lot of people on them social media are kind of have their face there much more easier to track but on twitter where you've got the worst thing is i saw an account that um started putting loads of monkey emojis um under a post about saka and he had a black player mason greenwood on his profile and i was like like what is like the what is like the logic in that like that's when i look at it and go are you just doing this for attention because unfortunately that's the problem a lot of of these people they do get followers from it and do get attention from some sort and it's 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 disgusting like I, i i i get people like share it and say oh this is bad but i'm like don't even do that for me i just try and click the report button ignore it because if they don't get the attention it's the people who are doing it for the attention will stop doing it um but as, obviously i will report them and see if it goes through but most of the time it never does but that that's just something something that's gonna have to change but i think never will um and i think obviously this would be a good time to probably close it off is there anything else you want to say about it before we move on no i think we've said our piece and hopefully just with time that we won't have to talk about it again like if we don't talk about it then that's normally a good sign that it's been eradicated yeah definitely i think one day uh, hopefully it'll be a time when we won't have to talk about this but uh the problem is i have a feeling it will we'll be talking about it for a long time um but we'll move on now a bit away from the England stuff, um, move back to the club aspect. Um, obviously, West Ham, last time we talked, we were, you were going after the Champions League. You just missed out and you were in the Europa League. How, how, are, you, really, how are you feeling? I couldn't, I couldn't care less. I'll tell you that for free. We, I'm happy with where we're at. Are you, how, how, are you excited to go to the Europa League? I'm just I'm loving it. I can't wait. Um yeah, I'm really excited to see what happens this season. Like 
to think we're less than a month away is crazy. Um, I'm nervous because obviously West Ham haven't been in the group stages of the Europa League or equivalent for donkey knows how long, not in my lifetime. So it's going to be a challenge, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not nervous because I think we've got the manager and with a few signings, the squad to deal with it. Like, am I expecting us to come sixth again next season? Absolutely not. Like, if West Ham comes sixth again next season, then I will be shocked because it's crazy. But it still feels weird saying that we came sixth. I'm so used to saying 16th. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. If we come 10th next year, I think we've had a very good year, especially with the extra games that are coming in place. Obviously, there's a couple. Of, there's one lad at your team I would really like, and there's probably one lad at our team that you'd really like. But we'll, we'll, we'll get we'll get into that later in the episode. He's not joining I'm you. Trying, I'm not. trying. I'm trying just to keep it out for a while, and then we can get it towards the end. Keep I'm, the excited <laughs> I'm excited for this season. Going to be a challenging one. Obviously, when you see teams like you, you're going to get better. Arsenal are going to get better. I'm not going to say Tottenham because I don't think they well, will. Well, I, w- I would. Uh, I wouldn't say it too lightly. They lost the Hibs at the at the weekend. Nah, I, I think I think Arsenal will be better. I don't think Arsenal is bad as people think. It's a friendly, so you can't take friendlies too seriously. But West Ham will do all right next year. I think we'll be okay. Like I can't see us getting relegated. I'll tell you that for free. We'll just get relegated now. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, but uh, well, I mean, I, I I predicted you get relegated last season, and then you did that. So <laughs> everyone uh, did. Up. But uh, the one thing about Europa League campaign, at least you won't have to face Astragugu. I was going to say they didn't qualify, did they? So no. that's good news. So I bet all I bet um all West Ham fans are celebrating about that. Um, I don't think you could deal with another Astragugu meltdown. Again, I think right now we're just excited to see who we could play. Like, um, I don't think it's we don't know exactly what pot, pot will be in yet because of uh, our coefficient and stuff. But we're almost definitely going to be playing like a Leon or a Napoli or a Bayer Leverkusen. So, I'm just saying that it's like, oh, we're going to play some big teams. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's nice to see because obviously most of the Chelsea uh, viewers watching that. This, they're so we're so used to it playing these te- and these these teams are just like yeah it's Bayer Leverkusen it's Napoli but for you guys it's probably one of the biggest games you've ever watched in terms of competitive format um, so it, it, it's it's quite nice to see that and obviously you said about mid table this season do you expect to go anywhere in the domestic competitions at all if that's my thing if we can finish tenth and have a run in one of the cups. I've, I think that's been a really good year because ultimately that's what West Ham fans will remember winning trophies. Like, yeah, coming sixth is fantastic, but I know that I'd rather have us come 14th and won the uh, FA Cup it's because you then get the exact same reward of being in the Europa League, but also get to lift the trophy. So, yeah, I if we can have a mid-table finish, not worrying about relegation, and we can have a run in one of the cups, whether it is that maybe the Europa League, then I'm, I'll be fine. Like, I'm not expecting us to be challenging for Europa League and Champions League every single year. I'm not stupid. We're West Ham. Like, it's just building upon what we have. And I think we've got a good core. 
like whether we can keep all of that core is the key like but yeah i'm I'm feeling hopeful that we're, we're not going to do too bad this year like i'm guessing you're feeling like you could win the league this year yeah i mean i was i was gonna ask you my next question H- how do you think chelsea will do this season do you thinking they're going to win the title challenge the title or do you think I don't think you win the. I don't. I, I'm gonna. I don't think you win the Premier League. I don't think you're there yet. I don't think you've got the quality in depth in your squad just yet. I look at Man City and I just think they've got more depth all the way in in their squad. I expect Liverpool to be better this year, but I think you, Liverpool, Man City are a clear and obvious top three, and then I then think it will be a Manchester United, um, a Leicester. I think there's a clear now divide in the league. I think you come third, but I think you'll be closer to second and first than you will be fourth. Yeah, I mean, I think obviously it will depend on whether a certain signing gets made in the end. You are not um, getting Erling Haaland. You are not getting Erling Haaland. <laughs> uh, let, let, let's just... I'll, I'll, if you get I'll, Erling Haaland, I will cry because I just... If 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 I'll, I'll put the hypothetical if we do get Erling Haaland, um, and that is a big if, does that put Chelsea towards winning the league and more yes. for you? Yeah, sure, surely. Yeah, it's, it's facts. If you sign Erling Haaland, then you could easily win the league because he's that good. He's twenty, and he's worth it. I just don't think it's there. Like. I don't think that transfer happens. Like obviously, you do your transfer roundup where you put out like the reliability of your sources, so you see a lot more stuff. And I don't know if you know how the deal is progressing a lot better than I do, but I just don't think he moves this summer unless you play you pay way above market value. And I'm not sure you'll do that. Yeah, I mean, um, I I I, I do have some knowledge of the deal um i i i think i'm quietly confident i think what from what the the rumors and what the sounds have been saying from unreliable and more reliable journalists particularly from germany they are kind of saying that roman wants to move and when roman wants something roman usually gets it um i think obviously with the Signing today of Mark Gray looks like he's going to Crystal Palace for twenty. Yeah, pounds. that's a good signing for them. My fault, I must say. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not particularly happy with it, but there you go. Um, but again, that's more money into the budget. I I, I think we have to still sell a fair few players um, to be able to afford it. But I think it might. I wouldn't be surprised if Chelsea do go for Haaland, and that would be the only proper signing obviously I think we're going to get a third choice goalkeeper and I think that's we're looking at either Wayne Hennessy or Sergio Romero but obviously I know it it makes me laugh but I mean to be fair a third choice goalkeeper is a third choice goalkeeper he's not going to really play at all Um, did you see West Ham the year before last how many times did our third choice goalkeeper play yeah but that's that's (laughs) that's just because you've got Lucas Fabianski freaking Lucas Fabianski gets injured all the time um, and then obviously Roberto was. Roberto. <laughs> it, it's the discussion to see who's worse, Kepa or Roberto. Oh no, Roberto was worse. At least Kepa could do something. Roberto could not yeah. do a thing. It's true. But um, 
yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it is if we do make it, it is the only signing, which if you think about it, it does cost you that uh, much. Yeah, it would it would equate our whole transfer budget, definitely. I think there is stuff in the works. Um but we'll, we'll, I, I think it'll take it'll go all the way up to the end of the window. I was about to uh, say Jorginho yeah. looks I guess with how good he's been, he's not leaving now. Yeah, I don't I don't think there's I don't think there will be many I think if I'm to pick a first choice a first team player that possibly does leave outside of the obvious Tammy Abraham. Yeah, get into the get into the stand. Get into the West Ham. I do think Hakim Ziesh could be one that moves right at the end of the window if a deal comes in. I'm just like I'm looking at the odds now of like these players and like Tammy Abraham I was gonna say, what odds is Tammy to join West Ham? He's ten to three. Um so I just mm, I'd love him at us and I was going to say, Hakim CX not really worked out for you lot, has he? I think it, it's been... He's had a, he's probably had one of the toughest years possible. I mean, obviously, the Eredivisie last season... Well, it's not last season, the season before. It cancelled in February or March. I think it was beginning of March. That never... They never restarted. So, he had six months out. Then, he played really well in pre-season picked up an injury in pre-season and was out for six weeks. Came back, did really well for five or six weeks again, and then picked up another injury around the Christmas period. Kept him out for a while. He then come in, come back fit when Tuchel came in, and then just never really, never really, I, I, I don't know, the, back, the kind of, the back three formation that Tuchel was playing last season, it didn't really suit Ziesh completely. I think he did come in and he did have some really good games, but it was just always in and out of the team. That was his problem. I think it was one of them things where everything went wrong for him. He just, I don't know, maybe it was just match fitness because he was out for such a long period of time for many different reasons. I just don't think he's, he's not right. I don't think he's had a fair crack at the whip, um, but it might be one of them things that Chelsea just look to if they get similar money to what they got last year maybe just to cash in um, yeah. because we have got an array of attackers and if Haaland did come in that puts even more pressure on the wingers and the amount of players we've got so I think it could be a deal that could because I think he would be I don't I think he's content with staying but I don't think he's if an offer came in in yeah. Italy for example I think he'd love it he'd love to go out and play in Italy because I think it, it would suit his game down to a tee yeah, 100% with you. 100% with you there, to be honest. Like, I'm just looking at your squad now. Like, you've got so many attacking players in your team. Like, like you signed Giroud to another year-long deal, which I thought was a little well, bit... Well, no, he's surprised. gone. He's gone. He's gone oh, he? tomorrow. Well, I think oh. we signed we signed a deal, I think, just to get a bit of money out of him. Oh. So, he's moving to AC Milan for, I think it's about £2 million. Ah, so it's like a free two million pounds, and then yeah, I think it was a we signed the contract, but there was an agreement that if a club came in outside the Premier League, we'd be happy to let him go. But I think it's always something is you rather get something than nothing from him. I yeah, think it's the next. It sounds two million pounds. That's, yeah. that's wages. That's, that's more that wages way. towards and, um, and Giroud's wages that gets him off the wage system. I think that's again with the Haaland thing. I think. It's not so much actually the transfer fee. that The transfer fee is big, but I think 
Chelsea can find the money from that. You've got sponsorship money. You've got the Champions League money. You've got the Premier League money. You've got obviously Roman will put in some extra some of his extra money with because obviously with FFP has kind of been a little bit relaxed this season. I think Chelsea probably will take a little bit advantage of it. Um, but I think it's more the wages that we'll have to clear up. I think we've got too many. We've got a few players that are on astronomical wages. Um, if I told you some of the wages, you'd probably be surprised. We've got Danny Drinkwater, oh, £100,000 a week. We have uh, Malang Sar, we signed on a free last season, £120,000 a week. Jesus. Kepa, one hundred and fifty grand a week. <laughs> yeah, you need to sort that out. Uh, yeah, and there's a few others. It's actually like, and obviously you've got the Calamad Sudoya thing, which is probably the main kind of issue that happened with uh, Abraham and Hudson Doy. Obviously, he's not been completely in the starting line all the time, and obviously he's on 120 again. Mm. Um, and then Tammy, I think, was like he wanted more because obviously he does more than Callum, but obviously I think Chelsea were only willing to give him the same amount. But um, yeah, that, that's one of the things where it was a tough situation. I think. Callum's brother, uh, as also his agent, didn't do very, didn't didn't have uh, caused a lot of problems, and I think Chelsea were kind of forced into keeping him, and then I think it's not so far, it's not really worked out how we want it to, but yeah, it's one of them things. But um, yeah, yeah we, we, I think I've uh, kept it waiting a little bit long before I've Come mentioned on. it. Say his Magic name. word, Declan Rice. So. <laughs> He's not coming to you. He, he's not yours. You, uh, you, would you say there's no chance? No chance. I don't think there's a single chance. Your eggs are all in one player's basket. And as you said, if you sign him, who else are you signing this summer? Nobody. Like, Declan Rice is going to cost way too much money. It's not in a position you really need either, in my eyes. Um, I, yeah, I just don't think he moves this summer. I don't think there's a market for Declan Rice this summer. Maybe next summer? I, I, yeah, I can see a, a, a door in which he leaves, but I, I, just, I yeah, I'll be shocked if Declan Rice leaves this summer. It would need to take a hundred million pound bid, and I just don't think anyone's got that money. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I like Declan, but I mean, even even for me, fifty, sixty is pushing it. But then this is the thing: it's is he. Is is Declan Rice worth a hundred million? No, but he's his worth to West Ham over a hundred million. Yeah, like there's a difference. Like, was Harry Maguire worth eighty million to Manchester United? No, they overpaid for him, but the value in the loss to Leicester was probably about that. Like, it's you always are going to overprice teams because that's what you need to do. Like, you're never going to sell a player like that who is 21, 20, no, 23 to a, another rival for market value. You're going to put a premium on top. So, yeah, it's I'm not sure. Look, I, I probably think with how much he's developed in the last year, I think 70 million is probably fair. But I just don't think he goes for that. It would cost more in today's market because, as I said, Premium. West Ham won't sell him unless he's going above market value. Yeah, I mean it's it it it's 
one of them things that I think West Ham don't want to get rid of him. I do, in when, when you said about the position not being a priority, I, I would agree in the sense of not a priority for a starting position. And that's where I have the issue with Rice, because if you bring in Rice, for, especially for the price that he's going to cost, he's not going to want to start, he's going to want to come straight into the team and start every match because he's a he's going to be an 80 90 million pound player but i just don't see you can't you could, i don't see Jorginho not starting yeah argue he's Kante, Kante is Kante obviously i know he does have to be managed with his injuries but he is going to be the primary starter when he's not being managed um but i do think cuz obviously we only we now with Billy Gilmore going out on loan to Norwich we only have currently Kovacic, Jorginho, Kante for that kind of defensive role. Obviously, there's you've got the likes of Conor Gallagher, Ruben Loftus-Cheek are back, and they're training with the team at the moment. And they're I think Chelsea are looking to maybe bring them in to the squad this season. But um, yeah, I think that we I th- I just feel like we do need that extra body. But I I do feel that there's not lots seventy cheap- million pound body yeah. though. That's the argument exactly. Like- I think there's spend- che- there's there's cheaper body there's cheaper people like Shuameni, uh Babakara Kamara, both in the French league that are half the price of rice and they would be willing to come into the team and not start every match. I just think there's a lot of uh you hear it a lot from Chelsea fans. Oh, the, the worst thing for me, Chelsea fans adore Rice because he's Mason Mount's best friend. He's a leader, he's ex Chelsea. Um, don't it? It's horrible. It's it's funny to see. Um, that literally is the top Chelsea YouTubers will say that every single day, and remind us of that. But it's the thing that um, oh, it's just frustrating that the fact that he's I don't know. I just don't think he's worth the price and the whole overall package. I think there's better players out that we can get cheaper. Um, and at the moment, I just don't. I don't know. I I, I I also think with, I don't know whether you'll disagree with watching him over a season. I feel with his passing aspect, obviously he's a good, no one can doubt that he's a great defender of the ball, destroyer of the ball. But I feel for a, particularly a Tuchel system where you need to have a lot of progressive passes, you need to pass the ball fast and a, a big kind of range of passing. I, I'm not particularly sure that Declan Rice is that completely. He obviously can can get better at that, but especially again with watching him in England, which I don't know again if that's a Gareth Southgate thing or whether it's a Declan Rice thing. Is his what 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 is his progressive passing like for you? Oh, the thing it's I'd say is the best thing he's prog- um, how he progresses the ball. He progresses the ball from deep, carrying the ball very well. Like I'm just looking at like stats here, like key passes per game. So last season. In 2000 minutes, like N'Golo Kante averaged 0.7 passes, key passes per game. Declan Rice, 0.7. Like, um, so it, he's just in good in terms of key passes, as good as someone like N'Golo Kante. Is his passing the strongest point in his game? No, probably not. It's his breakup of play, the way he reads the game, and also I'd argue the way he carries the ball from deep now. Like, that's the area he's very good at. So... For me, he's more of the mould of an N'Golo Kante, because I don't know about you, is N'Golo Kante the best passer in your 
I'd say out of the three midfielders you've got, he's probably your weakest. Would you agree? And Kovacic, Jorginho and Kante, I'd say he's the weaker of the three, but he's the best at breaking that play. Yeah, I mean, with Kante, I think he is... It's one of the things... He's not bad with his passing, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people say it's worse than it is. Um, yeah. But when it when it does come to the final third, he will make the wrong decision. But that is just... I mean, it's Kante, Kante does such a role with everything else, you can't expect him to be a robot. Um, but I think that's one. It's, it is one of the things I don't know because it's. I worry that especially a lot of people go, let's replace Georgina with Rice. But then if you have Kante and Rice, Kante and Rice in that Tuchel system, for me that doesn't really, that doesn't really suit at all. And that's why I think if you're going to get a Rice, you're going to get him a year or two in the future when Kante I think, is yeah. going into mid thirties and then he is going to start. For eventually me, dropping out. Rice is a Kante replacement. He's not a Jorginho. He's not that sort of player. He's not going to be a pivot and play those balls between the lines or s- control possession. He's definitely not a Kovacic. I think he's an N'Golo Kante. He's there to break up play and, and distribute it to maybe better progressive passers. And this is what I think football fans probably need to realise. That's why he worked so well with Calvin Phillips. Because Calvin Phillips was probably the better passer out of the two. But Declan Rice probably put in a hell of a lot more tackles. Like, then, like, I've, I've got it up here. Declan Rice uh, at the, was that the Euros? I was trying to get up his stats of the Euros, just gone. Um, which, some, oh, here we go. So, offensively, he averaged about 0.6 dribbles per game. So, he weren't doing that. In terms of key passes per game, he was averaging 0.1. So he weren't really playing that sort of role for England. He, he was very much told to sit back and break up the play, where I think he's strongest. And £70 million on a player like that is a lot. So he has to come in and start. Yeah. I'll tell Chelsea fans, if you signed him, don't expect him to come in and be your next like break play up with a pinpoint ball every single game between the lines. That's not what he's there to do. He'd be there to shield your defence. Yeah, definitely. I think when 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 I, I would say when you said about him being the Kante replacement, I would say Kante like. I think there is no for me there is no player oh. that replaces Kante. Um, oh yeah, obviously I, in I, all the way. I, I get I get I get he has the he is the Kante type player in terms of the breaking up the pot i when kante finally does go i get worried because i think who 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 do we have that can we can bring in and that's why I, um for me I, I i don't regard declan rice as my primary target i do regard as uh sure many from monaco because he's again he's he's quite tall he's not he's taller than kante but he does have that kind of what about like a camavinga at Ren? Yeah, I, I would love I'd love a Camavinga to come. Um, I don't know. I I think again with his defensive, I, I'm still not convinced of his defensive part. I, for me, I look at Camavinga and I think of a younger Pogba. Yeah, that's fair. That's and fair. that's that's why I feel like when, especially when you've got someone like Billy Gilmore, maybe the club look at him and go, he's more of that kind of player. That that's what I look at him and go like, when you look at the midfield that Chelsea want to build. You've got Jorginho and Kante as a starters. 
when Billy Gilmore comes back next season, I imagine he is the Jorginho backup in terms of thinking about roles. And then you need that Kante backup. But I don't. I feel like at the moment we have Kovacic, Jorginho, Kante. Kante, Rice, bringing Rice in now, he's not going to start ahead of Kante and have just mixing him with Kante and Rice together. I just think it's not going to work. Um, but one more thing I wanted to talk to you about before um, moving off this topic and moving on to another Chelsea player. Um, there's been a lot of moments within the media, a few things that Declan Rice has done over the past few months that uh, a few Chelsea fans describe it as twerking for Chelsea. Been embarrassing, mate. I'm sorry. I, I, I was I was going to ask you about it. How do you feel as a as a West Ham fan about Declan Rice doing that? I don't really think it's that much. I don't think he's really been twerking to Chelsea at all. And I don't think any, any West Ham fans have been worried about it. Like, the only thing that's really worried West Ham fans is when he turned down a new offer the other week because he weren't offered the most money at the club. And ultimately, every single West Ham fan agreed with him. Like, I don't think he's been twerking at Chelsea. I don't think he's been even suggesting a move. Is this like the stuff with Mason Mount? Because he's with his best mate. Like, I think the part that I think Chelsea fan, I think it was the other week he was doing a thing in the Euros. He was, uh, it was with Mason Mount and I can't remember who else the other player was. And they were deciding like a five, a six aside team. And it was funny that he, I think they, he, Declan Rice mentioned every player he mentioned was a Chelsea player. I think, and he was like, I think he mentioned, oh, Kante. I, I, and he was like, oh, I'd love, I, I want to play with, I want to play with Kante. And he said, soon. And it is just like when when I heard that, I was like, "Oh my god!" I just that was... I think that's people like then. But then there was the other interview. So they're like, "Oh yeah, I speak to Mark Noble after every game. Like I have a call with him. Like I'm missing the lads at West Ham. Like I, it's weird not having a pre-season with them." So I feel like this is the typical thing when you want a player to join, you're going to look for little details and be like, "Oh my god!" Like remember Yarmashuk. Ukraine striker, West Ham fans are, are loving it because he followed us and liking our photos. They're like, oh my God, Yarmashuk's signing for us. And I'm like, there's no real concrete evidence to say he is. Like, this is just typical fans, I think. Like, maybe taking it, like, seeing something and looking way too much into it. Uh, he might rejoin Chelsea. I'm not doubting he might. But I feel like this is just him maybe speaking facts instead of him twerking for a Chelsea move because I think if he wanted to move to Chelsea he could push for it now if he really wanted yeah what was the I think there was a rumour that come out the other week that uh, said that if Chelsea offered more than 65 million pounds I don't I think he said he would be unhappy if West Ham if they rejected it I don't I don't think that means he'll obviously I don't think that means transfer request like thing. But what what do you think on that point? Do you think do you agree with right that rumor? If 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 that is true, would you agree with what Rice is it's saying? Always, it's always the manner in which you leave. Like if he wanted to leave West Ham to go and play in the Champions League, I wouldn't knock him. Like he's good enough to do it. It's just the manner. Like he turned down a new contract at West Ham because he weren't offered the same money as our highest earners, like Jan Malenko and Felipe Anderson, and. He turned it down for the correct reasons. He's not turned it down because he wants to leave. He turned it down because he sees he's a more valuable member than them. So why should he be on less? And I think West Ham fans totally agreed with him. 
I think yeah. he leaves next summer. Ultimately, I think this is the last summer we have of Declan Rice because I don't think there's a market for him now. Next summer, I think a U or a Man United. I, 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 I was gonna say I think you know I I predict I don't think he'll come to Chelsea I think he'll go to United next summer because I think United needed the um and yeah. that'll be that they've had their Jaden Sancho thing now so that's their kind of window kind of done and dusted but their next target next summer will be a defensive midfielder and I think that's who they'll go after. Yeah, like I I don't think he's really twerking for a move and if he joins Man U then that basically proves to Chelsea fans that it was all people talking about stuff with no real evidence for it. I think ultimately, because he's got so many friends in the Chelsea, well, he's got Mason Mount who plays for Chelsea, he's going to have a lot more Chelsea association than maybe any other person. And where he played in the Chelsea Academy, that was always going to happen. So, yeah, I'm I'm not worried. I don't think he's twerking for a move. West Ham fans don't seem to be worried about it. And normally that's a good sign because if anything there is to worry about, West Ham fans will worry about. So, yeah, I don't think he goes. Definitely not this summer, at least. If he does, then invite me back on the pod and I'll eat humble pie. <laughs> uh, if, if he does, I definitely will take that offer. But uh, I, I, I agree. With you. I don't think he'll come. I think he'll be next summer. But I do think, again, it'll be United. And it will be funny to see these Declan Rice twerkers uh, for Chelsea that will I think they'll I, I, I want to see what their reaction will be because they'll hate it but they won't want to admit they hate it yeah but it's the funny part because they, they they I looked obviously on Twitter uh, just before the game to see what it was like and so many Chelsea players were excited to see Declan Rice play but weren't excited to see Jorginho and that that is the point where I think it's just it's it's Fnatic Virginia has been horrible. so good for you recently and internationally. I just don't get the hate he gets. As, as, as I said in one of my articles the other day, he is the Marmite man of Chelsea. You either love him, where you have like the Jorginho stands, as we call him, and they're, they're fucking terrible. That if you, if you say anything about Jorginho, they're abusive and everything. Or you've got the people who just completely hate him. There's, no in, or there's not much of an in-between for people. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, but um, we we I think I think that's enough time talking about Declan Rice, um, and we'll move on before we finish to one more player that's been linked very recently, actually, as of today, with a move to West Ham, and that is Tammy Abraham. Um, Get him in a claret and blue shirt. <laughs> I, I, I assume by that you really want him to come. I think he's the striker we need. He's the right age. He's the right profile fit. Don't think he breaks the bank. I think he's, as of recently, with the West Ham rumours and the links of, obviously, we've got people that the West Ham ITKs, apparently he's up for the move. He wouldn't, he, he hasn't he's got, got a problem best, with he's it. Got, he's got best friends in West Ham, apparently. Yeah. I I, I just, I really think um, he would be a good sign for us. I think he would, like, he's only 23. Like, I don't see why any West Ham fan want... I've got one Chelsea fan who thinks he's horrific, and I just don't know what he sees. Uh, like, so this was it. He's keen to join West Ham this summer. He wants to stay in London, and he's friends with Declan Rice. So there you go, Chelsea fans, another thing to twerk Oh, that'd be, that'd be uh, funny if, if after all this talk, 
Tammy A. Brown just goes to stay with Declan Rice and not not live. <laughs> and so David Moyes is a big admirer and apparently going to try and move for him in the coming weeks. I think he's what we need. I think he'll be the right guy to improve the team. And once again, is it a risk bringing in a player that has got a seven angle, um, a 15 goal season in the Premier League? Not really. Like he barely played for you last year. And he still scored six goals. Like in the Prem, what is it? In his last two years at Chelsea, 79 appearances, 30 goals. I'll take that West Ham all day. That's in all comps. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I think he's a good player. I just think one of my issues with him is I think he's obviously Tuchel doesn't exactly. I, I don't think he completely fits what Tuchel wants to do, um, which I understand. I think there's a, a, a number of things that he has that's a bit of a flaw to him that, again, doesn't fit Tuchel. So I think it's just if it was still Lampard, I think he'd still be playing every five minutes. Um, but unfortunately, I think under Tuchel, it's just not it's not the right fit. I don't think it's a kind of. Tuchel doesn't like him. I think it's just, uh, I'm sorry, mate. You're not the you're not the right fit. You're happy to move if you want. Um, and I, I think Tammy respects it. I think the only thing I, I have an issue with, again, he's had issues with his contract. Uh, obviously, we mentioned the Kalamazoo thing, but I think he's always been a, he's been someone that he doesn't really like to fight for his place. He's only really been happy when his place is secured. And I I, I just think. At a club like Chelsea, in a striker position, like you look back when we had Drogba, Chelsea were still signing loads of players in to try and compete and fight with Drogba for his place. Drogba's place was never nailed down. It's just Drogba always outplayed these players to keep his role, keep his spot for all that time. So I think Tammy Abraham, I think, doesn't really understand that. Can I maybe tell you, can I just maybe try to guess why he would be disappointed in terms of he barely got any minutes for two call, yet he didn't have a clear striker spanging in goals. Like, if a player sits on the bench and is disappointed and there's a guy who's just scoring goals for fun, I can, then he's wrong to be disappointed because it, there's a clear and obvious better striker. But Timo Werner weren't scoring loads of goals. Kai Havertz weren't scoring loads of goals. Your top scorer was Jorginho with seven. So maybe he was disappointed because he thought he could deal right impact that's just me guessing yeah i think i agree with you there but i think that it's been a thing that's rumbling on even before that i think again with the contract issues um he was un obviously so unwilling to commit to a contract for the cop uh, i think there's the wage issue i also it was also an idea that i think chelsea again were at the time, we were looking for Timo Werner, and apparently Tammy Abraham was particularly unhappy with the fact that Timo Werner was brought in, despite him scoring loads of goals. Uh, I just make the I, I just look at that and think, well, you need competition. Obviously, Giroud is he's great and all that, but again, he's he's on his way out. He's coming towards the end of his career, and you need to have another striker in there. I think I don't know whether it's Tammy doesn't think he. I, I don't know whether it's Tammy's afraid. That he's not going to get his, he's going to lose his place, but he's always had that kind of problem. If you don't, my issue is if you don't want to commit, you want the club to commit to you, but if you don't commit to the club, how can the club commit to you at the same time? So I think it's one of them things, um, that it's kind of rumbled on for a while, 
Um, Because I remember back in Lampard's first season, we had Mason Mount sign a new contract, Tamori sign a new contract, a couple of other young players signed a new contract, Callum Hudson-Doy in the end. And it was always, we were in talks of Abraham, but there was always issues behind it, ranging from the wage to competition. I think we were linked with, I can't. I think it was actually Cavani we were linked to, and I think there was a quote that came out that Tammy Abraham was particularly unhappy if Cavani came in. And it was just like I didn't. I, I just didn't like that in the fact that I, I'd expect a player to fight for his position rather than be unhappy of competition coming in. Yeah. Yeah. You, you look at the difference. Uh, um, with Mason Mount as a comparison, when Kai Havertz come in, who obviously Kai Havertz, big player, coming in for 72 million, apparently Mason Mount, uh, he put out, I think there was a couple of reports that said he wasn't happy, but Mason Mount come out and said, no, I'm thrilled. He wants to fight for his place. And at the end, in the end of the day, he has kept his place. And I think that's what I like to see from a player. I don't like to see someone that is a bit afraid to fight for their place. At the same time, I, I get it. You want to play, and obviously you've got stuff like England. You want to get a, get in the squad for, but I, I don't know. It just, I'd like, you, you've got to understand that at a big club like Chelsea, the striker option is the big option. It's not It's not like you're a centre-back who can come in. You, you're, you're the main man, and Chelsea are always going to want the best, and you're always going to have to fight. You're not going to have that place handed to you like, on a on a play just because you played as a youth player. If you do, you get what I mean? Yeah, it was like Chelsea propaganda. It's like we are the best. You have to be the best to play for Chelsea. You should write the pop- uh, propaganda for Chelsea, mate. That's how you were selling it there. <laughs> I know what you mean, though. I don't know what you mean. Like when you're playing at the best, you've got to expect the best. So you've got to expect company to or people to push you and challenge you like if you didn't get challenged in your day-to-day life is it's not really a challenge well it's easy so you can't expect to just walk into a team like Chelsea who are the reigning European champions and expect a free pass so yeah I do totally understand what you mean I've just I've just looked at uh, Twitter just as a kind of uh, just to look at the some of the Tammy rumours and uh, it's actually an interesting rumour that's just come out a couple of hours ago. Apparently, Arsenal are interested in Tammy this. Abraham uh, and Chelsea have offered uh, their services. Um, apparently, Matt Law, who is tier one journalist in terms of Chelsea news, is saying it. So what do you think about that? I think he'd be a good signing for Arsenal. Both of their strikers are very old in terms of Lacazette and Aubameyang. They made the mistake about giving Aubameyang a long-term contract. I think Tammy would be a very good signing for him, personally. Do you, yeah. do you think Arsenal are a proper challenge, or do you think you'll rather want to play Europa League football? If if we're, if we're ever going to get him, this is when we're going to get him with Europa League football. So, personally, if all my eggs are in his, in, in his basket. He's the striker I want at West Ham long-term. So, I think we've got to try and if we don't get him this summer, ultimately, he will go to a good enough club to play in these European competitions like Arsenal. So it would be a good... Whoever gets him this summer, because I, I think you admit he's going to leave. It's just yeah. who he goes to, I think gets a very good player. It's just who it is. Yeah. And I mean, before we finish, one final question, obviously... 
you know as well as I do, West Ham owners are very tight with their money, uh, don't like to pay a massive fee. How much do you think West Ham would be willing to pay for Abraham? Because obviously, latest rumours today saying it's Chelsea could be wanted as much as fifty million for him. If you wanted fifty million, you could piss right off. I wouldn't pay that for him. Um, I'd pay thirty, thirty-five. That's what I think he's worth. I don't know about you, but that's what I think he's roughly worth with his age and stuff. Thirty-five million's about my what I think's fair. Yeah, I mean, for me, I I always thought forty was probably the amount we'd probably get. I think you could again. I, I would say is about. I would say thirty-five million is probably his value. But obviously, you know, English tax, mm. Premier League player, you do get a bit of a premium. Um, but I do understand that we're also a player that Chelsea want to move on, so that decreases the value a little bit. Um, so I do think forty probably will be the. I, I think people are saying fifty, but you know what the media is like. They always overestimate it, and then it goes down a little bit. With negotiations, but do you think West Ham will realistically pay forty million for him, or do you think it'll no, be another cheap West Ham? I don't think we would pay forty million, and that's not just the board. I think that's Moyes going. I could spend my money better off somewhere else. So, yeah, I, that's Moyes being smart, and I don't. I wouldn't pay forty million for him. Right, but then I got a lot of sticks. I said I wouldn't sign Jesse Lingard for thirty million. I, I would pay twenty million, and that's my limit. That's the whole thing. Like, yes, a player is very good, but it's about knowing what their worth is. Yes, a player might be very good, but there's a point in which you go, is that price worth paying? Yeah, I think that's the problem at the moment. Because you obviously you look at the. I, I think West Ham would probably be Tammy's favourite move, but I think you look at. I think you've got Ast- the other clubs, obviously Arsenal. Obviously that fit that mm. fits with the whole London aspect that he wants to stay in London. Um, you got Villa, who I think, especially if they sell Griezmann, I think. Do you mean Grealish? Uh, Gre- yeah, Grease- Grealish. Sorry, I'm thinking of a different. <laughs> I, I got I got Griezmann in my head for some reason. Um, but um, yeah, if 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 they sell Grealish, obviously they've got the money and they'll want they'll Aston Villa are willing to spend lots of money on players because they've got a lot they've got a fairly good owner in terms of how much money. And again, Arsenal. You'd expect Arsenal to maybe be able to pay forty million for him, so mm. I think that's where I think West Ham could lose out if there's multiple clubs, and that's where in Chelsea's case they'd like they'd be able to stick to their price because they've got a number of clubs interested and they can get a bidding war going on. Um, but yeah, um, let's let's I, I, I'd like to see him at West Ham to be honest. That's that's where I'd like him to move. Yeah. It'd be good for you guys. It'd be good for us. Hopefully, we can get the right money, and there you go. Um, and that run. That is the end of another beautiful pod with you, Jamie. Obviously, yeah, mate. Thank, thank you for having me. Sorry to, yeah, sorry for being late and everything, but I had a really good time. Thank you. No worries. If you just want to plug any of your your podcasts for the viewers, yeah. where they can find you. So you can find us on uh, YouTube and um, on all other good podcast channels. So our Twitter by um, our Twitter is at bubbles underscore podcast. Our Instagram is pretty underscore bubbles underscore podcast and i believe on youtube you can find us as the pretty bubbles podcast so thank you for having me mate had a great time no worries um i'll make sure i put the links down in the description as well for you viewers to find out and make sure you check out their content because it is pretty good and i will definitely have jamie on uh back for the west ham previews and reviews when we play (laughs) them in the season 
And if Declan Rice does sign for Chelsea, I'll definitely get Jamie on to yeah. eat a bit of humble pie. Definitely, mate. Thank you for having me, mate. No worries. Thank you for coming on and thank you for everyone for listening. Obviously, we'll try and get some more guests on in the next few weeks. Uh, and now I'm back in Essex. I'll be recording a lot more. I have a lot more time. So everyone stay tuned.